This I'm Chris is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. Sam's got kicks and the angels got on. Like she's better than us because she don't feed on people. She is better than you, dumbass. Rest in peace, break home. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. And we are back. We are in the depths of season nine. Chris, we only have like five or six episodes left in this season. Does that seem crazy to you? Yeah, we're that's I guess that sounds about right. This is episode nineteen, so we're we're getting there. Yeah, I think there's twenty three in this episode, or maybe twenty four uh, in the season. Excuse me. So I'm uh, I'm just I'm just shocked by how quick it went. It feels like forever ago that we started season nine with our 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 hunk from another mother, uh, Tamo. So I'm just I'm just. Like looking back at what <laughs> all of the things that we have done, I'm, I'm kind of just astounded. And then also, we have four or five episodes left, so let's do an episode that has nothing to do with the th- stuff we've been talking about. Yeah, right. And it's like one of the best episodes of the season because we've been treading water for so goddamn long. <laughs> well, like I would, I would argue that we haven't even been treading water. Um, but this is just quality supernatural. Like, there's a good hook. This is it's, quality there's supernatural. A, mm-hmm. There's a great recurring guest. There's not a bunch of proper nouns that we've never met before. Nobody's talking directly to the to the viewer, not looking into the camera. That's very good. Um, but we don't have to see Metatron's, like, weird performance. Um, after the last episode, when it came out, some of our some of our listeners and some of our patrons over at the Discord uh, were talking about, like, why Metatron doesn't work. And I forget who it was, but somebody said it was just because he's almost a little too cartoonish and uh mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think that's the that's really the case for me he just seems so silly that i can't take him seriously but luckily we're just gonna take a a big right turn and we're gonna go to vampireville <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i'm into it and yeah. uh this is this is another uh case of supernatural really thriving when it has great supporting characters which this episode does yes absolutely and uh i'm i'm pretty excited to be here but chris how, how are you doing today my man I'm doing Things okay. are good. I'm sleepy. Okay. Um, but I'm here and I'm ready to talk about hunks. We're we're getting into the dog days of summer. Like we're about to start summertime, which means that uh this becomes a very sweaty podcast for you. I want to make sure that you're properly. Oh hydrated. yeah. Yeah. It's, we're, it's that know, time of year again. <laughs> it's stuffy. It's it's a little stuffy in here. And that could that actually could explain some of my drowsiness. Now that now that you mention it, that it's it's definitely like the drowsy heat right now like i'm not gonna be able to fall asleep but it is gonna steal my energy from me um thankfully it's not sweltering yet i i ain't gotta like take off any layers to survive this um but speaking of layers i just got my samford university shirt in the mail that this worked right into a into a advertisement for our new merch because i just i legitimately just just got my shirt right before we started recording and it looks great i'm really excited about it. i'm very jealous another uh, someone in our discord got theirs today and posted a picture and it looked really nice is yours good quality it looks very nice yeah, I'm really happy with the way it came out. What co- what color did you go for? I went I went for like the the maroon color to match the actual logo. What did you go for? Yeah, I went for the standard maroon. I was a fan of that. Excellent, excellent. We we'll be twinsies if we ever meet up in person, right? Like that's that's what we're going to yes. be wearing to the <laughs> yeah. to the Supernatural Con when we meet Sam when we meet Sam and Dean for the first time, right? Right, right. 
Um, yeah. So if you are have been listening to podcasts for a long time, we've had a running joke about Spanford University and those shirts and stickers and all kinds of merch are on the uh, on, on our website, monsterweek.cool. There's a merchandise link right there. You can just click on that and see all of our stuff, which we have some hilarious shirts. Like all of like it's I think like ninety percent of them are Chris's work and they're all great. It's they're so good. So go go check all that Fairly. stuff out. And uh, while you're on <laughs> Monster of the Week cool, you should click the Patreon link and see if you can support the show directly. We're very close to getting to our, our next tier where we're releasing two bonus episodes a month to all of our patrons. Uh, so far, yes. we've been doing uh, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, we've got some cool stuff lined up in the future. We've also been doing extra episodes. If you join at that $10 or $20 tier, you can actually ask us to cover stuff. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've gotten some really good recommendations from the fans and or from the listeners. I hate to say the word fans, Chris. I don't I don't like that. Yeah, fans for feels, some reason. Yeah, it feels it feels uh, it feels pompous to be, you know, it doesn't it doesn't yeah, feel exactly. like yeah. what, what we should call them. I'm not Tom they're, Cruise. They're supernatural fans, fans, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're right, fans right, of the TV right. show. Exactly. We have friends. We have supporters. We have people who support us, who are very, mm-hmm. very kind to us. Um, but they're fans of Supernatural. and We're just the medium towards them having some sort of enjoyment yeah we're, we're the medium to them enjoying more than enjoying supernatural more and uh and shout outs to uh sean who was the most recent patreon person so patreon.com slash monster of the week if you guys want to check all of that out yes. chris thank you all right what's up what has been happening with season nine because it's been a minute since we recorded this podcast and i don't yeah. remember anything that's been happening in the show you know Thankfully, I wrote this last week, but thankfully I wrote a normal road so far so we can kind of jog our memories a little bit. Um, let's see. I think I did put a little bit of passive aggressive stuff in here because, you know, it's me. Anyway, last time on Supernatural. Underappreciated new Bobby, Sheriff Jody Mills, has survived zombies, the loss of her family, a date with Crowley, and monsters of all sorts, setting her well on her way to finally becoming a full-fledged hunter of her own. Meanwhile, the writers looked directly into the camera to put the meta and Metatron as the awful god-wannabe pressures Cass into finally taking up a leadership role in a rebellion that will see the angel factions clashing in a battle for heaven. Sam is still pretty low-key for this part of the season, but that's cool, that's all good. Um, meanwhile, uh, Dean is plummeting further and further into the darkness caused by the mark of Cain. Nice. Put the meta in Metatron is extremely good. I like that a lot. Um, that's, that, that's a they lot of fun. Sh- they sure did, though. So we are covering Season 9, Episode 19, Alex, Annie, Alexis, Anne. This was written by Robert Behrens and directed by Stephen... Uh, or excuse me, Stefan and Stefan. I'm just going to apologize in advance. I know I know you're you're a big listener of the show. You, you enjoy the show a lot. So if I if I butcher this, I'm sorry. This was directed by Stefan Plazinski. <clears throat> this aired on April twenty. 20- I can't imagine that that's not the exact. I mean, way and, and Caden said it's pronounced, especially the delay. Like it takes him four yeah. or five seconds to say his last name. Right? Like that's got. And be there true. are some there are some last names that you, especially from some cultures, that were they end with a question mark. So you have to make sure you capture that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. In non-American cultures, sometimes the last names have punctuation, I think is what yeah, we have learned uh, today. Chris uh, Mosier? <laughs> Jeremy Greer! <Yeah. laughs> gotta, oh, oh. I've, got, I've got five explanation points at the, after my last name, but nobody ever, that's, nobody ever acknowledges that when they say it. 
Uh, this aired on April 22nd, 2014. Sheriff Mills tries to save a young girl from a vampire nest. Sheriff Mills calls Sam and Dean after she kills a vampire who attacks a prisoner named Annie. They discover Annie was kidnapped by a family of vampires who use her as bait to lure in humans they can then feed on. Sheriff Mills tries to rescue Annie from her captors, but finds out the hard way that family always comes first. So that did a pretty All good right. job summarizing this episode, and I think we're done. Enjoy the Game of Thrones chat, everybody. <laughs> We'll be back next week with season nine, episode twenty. Uh, um, I really—they gotta do—they gotta do better with these with these descriptions. But yeah, we um, we we start right off with a with a, the cop or local sheriff taking a this like punk teen girl um, into the police station and putting her in a holding cell. We don't really know what's going on, but um, she. She she doesn't seem like she's violent. She's like you know resisting a little bit, but she and she doesn't seem like a monster. So we don't really know what's going on. It's, it's an unusual way to start off the episode. Um, but after putting her into the holding cell, this cop gets a, a call about a uh, a B and E nearby, and he has to like r- run off and just leaves this girl by herself at the police station in the cell. Yes, and um, she's she's a little nervous about this. She says, "Please don't don't leave me alone." Um, and then sure enough after the cop is gone for a little while uh cody shows up cody is obviously a monster and since the previously on since the then segment showed us a bunch of vampires he's immediately a redneck vampire in my mind like he's wearing layers of flannel directly out of the ll bean catalog that i'm assuming that he Mm -hmm. stole from his food um and they they have this conversation about how the others are looking for and how she ran away and as he goes in um he he says like oh yeah the cop didn't even realize that i was the one that faked that b and e call and got him out of here and i've he opens his mouth and all of his teeth come out and then out of fucking nowhere surprise motherfucker uh like like dokes would say from the show dexter uh jody pops up and just chops that motherfucker's head off and yeah. this is the first of a string of badass things that Jody is going to do <laughs> in this episode. And I'm so here for it. Jody is just like right now, Bobby, I think Bobby used to be our favorite guest star that when he would show up, Jody is mm-hmm. easily the new Bobby, Bobby in my mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and she, yeah, she just keeps springing from the shadows to, to pull off some cool, where was she hiding that, 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 that vampire didn't notice her. I don't even care. It was just cool. <laughs> Yeah, like how? Where was she? Why does she have a giant machete? Like that's not standard police issue. Sioux Falls PD doesn't hand out a branded <laughs> yeah. machete. They don't. Right. That sounds like right. something you get with a Manford University logo. Right, monsterweet.cool slash. And so, are they in? They're they're in Sioux Falls, right? Yes. Yeah. So okay, I guess that makes sense that she was just like around. <laughs> she yeah, I mean she's the, the sheriff, <laughs> right? Like she's right, right. Yeah, uh, they haven't figured out a way to get her out of Sioux Falls. So just more and more weird shit happens to to Sioux Falls. Uh, we skip to our we get our splash screen, which is is thankfully not does not say Metatron this time. Um, and it's Sam and Dean pulling up in the Impala to, to meet Jody. They they say hello and she's like, hey, check out what I got in my trunk. It's a dead vampire. And Dean looks yeah. right at right at Sam and is like, I don't know, man. I might not need you anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. I love Sam. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I know I know I've been mean to my boy Sam in the past, but I've been pretty nice to him this year. But I'll take the Dean and Jody show. Like if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. If that if that's what it takes to get season sixteen, I'm here uh, for the Dean and Jody show. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. I thought that he was. I thought Dean was saying she doesn't need us anymore. Not just Dean. 
scene saying, I don't need you anymore, brother. I've moved on. I mean, I, I, my, the quote that I wrote down is, I, uh, I don't know, Sam. I might not need you anymore. <laughs> so, uh, Which is, uh, that's fine. It's fine. Either way. Um, so they, um, yeah, they, they understand that there there's likely a, um, a, a nest nearby because there are other vampires who are after this girl. Um, and this girl in question who we haven't really talked to yet, they, that's it's t- time to go figure that out. There's a, if there's a nest, if there's a group of vampires looking for one person, that's, that's probably a pretty good place to start. Um, so they go in and they, they start to interview this girl. They start swabbing her mouth, um, with like a Q-tip or whatever. And she immediately calls them out. She's like, you guys are hunters, right? And you're trying to check if I have fangs, like stop fucking around. Um, and before they can even really get anything out of her, Sam's asking her questions. She's not saying anything, um, or they both are, but then Sam spots a bite on her neck or looks like several bites over a long period of time on her neck. Yes. And, and she refuses to talk and they're basically trying to give her the, 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 the hard Winchester, as I like to call it of like, you need to talk to us or else you're going to die. And it's not working at all. She's, she's pretty resistant to the hard Winchester. Yeah. Um, but Good thing DNA test comes back and they find out that she is a girl named Annie Jones and she was abducted back in 2006. I don't know what year this pl- takes place in, maybe 2013, 2014, so it's been a good few years. Um, eight years is what they say um, in the show. I didn't write down okay, the year, okay. but I, I did write down eight years. So. so yeah, she's been missing for a long time. She was abducted and that that stuff kind of like an abducted girl is like really scary because that's yep. very real and, that, that's, and I don't know what it is that that... You've, maybe it's just the terminology really grounded some of this for me and, and kind of, I don't want to say it scared me, but it definitely, it, it, it drew me in. Um, but yeah, Dean, Dean, just casually going from there, Dean's like, yeah, uh, chick sounds like a blood slave, if you ask me. <laughs> so he's like, excuse, did you just say blood slave? Excuse me? Yeah, you know, blood slave. <laughs> I will say, going back to your point of like her being abducted and everything, there's a there's a very real element of child kidnapping and, and brainwashing in this episode that I don't think it takes you. I think it it actually holds up when dealing with those themes, right? Like the horror of that and the kind of um, Stockholm syndrome and just the mm-hmm. the the things that ha- happen to annie and alex during this episode are, are are feel very real and like it feels very real played out on the screen so like i'm like props to supernatural for like even though this is like dressed up in vampire costume like it still works really like if you literally took the vampires out of this and made this a nciu show or a law and order show or whatever mm-hmm. like i think mm-hmm. this still would work and still be kind of terrifying and this is where where supernatural works. This is when it when it does horror, and it it used to do horror really really well, and and here it is doing it again. It, it comes as a it's a very nice surprise uh, in the middle of this season. So they go back to Annie, um, and this time she's insisting that her name is Alex. And uh, obviously, the episode title has four different names, which is a variation on that movie that came out, Mary, or what I can't remember the name of the movie. I'll I'll look it up in the trivia section later. Um, but she insists her name was Alex, and that she chose to do this she's been choosing to feed the vampires because they they helped her um even though they think she's been adopted she's saying that they basically adopted her and it was her decision and this was her choice and uh their response to that is like yo like 
Cody, like a, a police officer already got beaten up. The guy from the B and E from earlier, like literally gets beaten up that we, we hear that in a line somewhere. Like people are going to be in trouble and could potentially die because you've chosen to run away from this family. And like, we need information. Like the reason that your brother Cody, the vampire died is because of you. Like we, we have to, this is on you and your choices have consequences. But of course they, she refuses to tell him anything and specifically says like, if mom finds me, she'll kill me, which is our first indication that hey, there's a, there's a mom of empire out there somewhere. Yeah. And just because, um, I was, I happened to be looking at the, uh, Wikipedia page right before we start recording. The, the mom's name is Celia, even though it's not ever mentioned in the show. So I just kept calling her mama in the show, which yeah, is going to, which leads to mama. Which leads to some really weird notes, Chris. <laughs> so I'm going to have to scrub this so that Google Drive doesn't think I'm a fucking pervert. I mean, like, it's yeah, some weird stuff said about mom in this episode. It's usually, um, when we're taking supernatural notes, there's usually a lot of daddy comments, but not a lot of mama comments. So, not uh, a lot of mama comments. Wow. Um, yeah, so from here we go to, let's see, is this, oh, we go we go to the old cabin. That's where we're, That's where we're going off to right now, right? Well, they they research where the potential nest can be because like they, the boys are smart. There's only a handful of places that it could be, and uh, Jody kind of wonders like what's up with the name change, and they fill her in on what dead blood is, right? So like you know, they, they show her like some some vampire tricks, and that's when they decide Sam and Dean are going to go check out the potential nest sites, and uh, but she can't keep any at the police station because they know where the police station is. So they, she's going to take her to the, the cabin and uh, her, her like family cabin or whatever, which I have a lot of, a lot to talk about it here in a little bit about that towards the end of the episode. But uh, yeah. And from here we go like to some random woman coming out of her job at, at the bus station and she gets approached by Connor, who is the second redneck vampire and his mm-hmm. two very redneck vampire looking brothers uh, because she sold Alex a ticket out of town. And she's like, look, you know, I, I don't know what, I, yeah, I sold her a ticket to get away from your weirdo family. And then mama shows up and, uh, this woman, this actress is very good as a terrifying, uh, vampire leader. I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, she's, she's not like that traditional, like beautiful vampire thing. She's, she's just, like middle aged, yeah. which, you know, props are supernatural to casting someone that's not a, a hot young chick <laughs> as a vampire. Um, yeah, but it, honestly, it, 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 it feels like vampires, have always been bikers. Like it's like vampire culture yes. and supernatural yes. is the same as biker culture. All of our bunker boy jokes aside, like, that's what it I has about, always seemed like. I was just about to go. I was about to go there and beat me to it. So honestly, they might run in the same circles, uh, Dean and in these crew. Like they might have some similar friends, but um, yeah. they, yeah, they. <laughs> They're gonna go to the Facebook who you may know page and oh shit, there's Mama Vampire. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, uh, yeah, she seems like a like a tougher, like older biker chick kind of. Hmm. And uh, there, she basically says like you're calling my family weird or whatever. And we we cut back over to Jody, who uh, rolls up to this cabin in the woods with Alex. Um, I'm going to go back and forth between Alex and Annie in my notes. I, I kind of forget what her actual name is now, but like just she know. she likes to be referred to as Alex. That's what yeah. she corrects them. Um, okay. Her real name is Annie, I guess. I don't really know what they call her in future things, but yeah. So she shows up, uh, they, they show up and, uh, almost immediately you can tell like, this is an emotional journey for Jody. Like you walk in and this is obviously a place that she spent time with her, with her husband and her son. And for those of you who don't, don't remember Jody's backstory, uh, both her husband and her son died and then came back to life as zombies. And 
I don't remember if it was Sam or Dean that had to murder her like four year old toddler zombie, <laughs> but like that definitely yeah, had to happen. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. that was kind of an emotional thing. And she's still obviously dealing with that because when uh, Alex goes to like picks up a picture and says, you know, like, oh, what happened to him? And Jody like pauses for a minute. She's like, oh, they died. And Jody is like, could you be just like, a, could you just chill the fuck out a little bit? I'm yeah. trying to change, save your life and you're being very yeah. rude. Can you drop the fucking attitude? Yeah, she goes, oh, how did they die? And she says horribly like, OK, great. Thanks. Um the only other thing here is that Jody takes the handcuffs off of Alex, which it implies an inherent level of respect or trust, I guess. I can't say that Jody trusts this girl, but she respects her enough to say, like, hey, I'm going to give you an inch. Don't take a mile, okay? Um, just, I'm trying to help you out here, and I'm going to trust that you understand that I'm trying to help you. Um, and for the most part, despite her bad attitude, she doesn't like she doesn't immediately run off into the woods or anything like that. Yeah. And there's 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 a moment where Jody says like, "Hey, you will get if you try to run away, you will get lost in these woods." Like, I know I'm like the back of my hand, but you know, there's there's no way that you could find your way out. And to which I just looked at like I'm just staring over at the road they drove in. I'm like, "Just go follow the yeah. fucking road, homie." Yeah. Like it has to lead to another <laughs> road. Like you guys right. Didn't, right. you guys didn't cross the fucking Rubicon when you came over here. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Sam and Dean are exploring one of the nest sites and they find obvious vampire um, sign, I guess is what you would call it. But signs yeah, of vampires. There's, you know, there's just like shitty mattresses on slaves. the floor. Yeah, right. Or, or yeah, it was it was just a shitty mattress. You're right. It's the the piss stained mattresses in the corner and the uh, and and the signs of of blood slaves having been there, which is more piss stained mattresses. It's a lot more piss than blood. <laughs> Surprisingly for vampires, vampires are way more into large... piss than blood. Yeah. They're like gamers we... that way, right, Chris? <laughs> Yeah, uh, they're like gamers with feet, you know. It's just like you get let me let me get those their mitts on some piss. Forget about it. Do you think any other podcast is talking about vampires and piss on Supernatural right now, or is that just Monster no. of the Week? No, you think no, that's, everyone that's else is taking it very yeah. seriously. Um. I, I like this because uh, vampires, like you mentioned, like vampires have always been like almost like a like a rundown like biker gang and it's just mm-hmm. very hilarious to me that they're like that because in like most media there's the, there are these beautiful immortal children right. of the night with the dark gift like kind of beings yeah. and like the <laughs> yes. idea that they're just like like shacking up in this shitty hotel with painted over not even a hotel like this shitty shack literally laying piss stained mattresses on the floor and blacking out the windows is hilarious to me and it's interesting because like back in season one the first time that we see vampires, John Winchester tells the boys like, Oh, well he says, Hey, yeah, there, there's vampires. And they go, what vampires? There's no such thing. Or they thought they were extinct or something like that. Like, and th- this oh, supernatural yeah. take about that. on vampires has been different for the most part. And it, and it works. It's pretty, it's been pretty consistent when we did the alpha vampire thing that like went into like the creepy version of it. But that was fine because that was like a whole, that was a whole other thing. It was a whole different vibe. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's just been these like kind of, these people on the run. It's always people on the run who I think because dis- despite some of like their strengths, vampires are also they stand out really easily. So they need to kind of just like live in the shadows. They're not invincible. They need to be able to, to to keep a low profile while still feeding. And like it feels like a good way to engage with like this wild lifestyle is to kind of almost live the way that like some bikers do, you know, just on the road. Uh, they go outside and they, they see uh, an obvious vampire bro um, feeding something into a uh, 
tree mulcher. What do they call these things? A like a uh, tree a wood chopper. Chipper? Wood chipper. Thank you. And uh, Dean rolls up and is like, "Hey, you need a hand with that?" And the guy looks over and he's literally holding a human hand. And that is the award for the best joke on Supernatural season nine of all time. Like, yeah, yeah. and I can tell you that that's true because it made Autumn Greer laugh. Like, and she actually chuckled out loud oh, okay. while watching this. Uh, okay. Watching this. So you know, it's a good one. I hey, I, I wrote it down. I wrote it down there too. Um, oh yeah, because we get a you need a hand with that, and then we get and then we we get a double brother bluff. Exactly. Um, and they get yeah. this dude from behind. Mm-hmm. They subdue him, and now it's question time. Yep. Dean's uh, like, where'd all this piss come from? <laughs> I didn't think vampires pissed. What's going on I here? I tasted that. You got jars of piss lying in the walls. What's up with that? You know, that it's, they, it's dilute the, that they dilute the blood by pissing in, into their, their, their jars of blood. Which is, I mean, they didn't tell us this, but like they, they left this out. It was in one of the deleted scenes, but that's actually how you cure yourself if you get bit by a vampire and turned into a vampire. As long as you don't feed on a, an actual live human, and as long as you drink some piss, you will turn back into a human. So that's that's the way that you cure yeah, vampires. Yeah, and it can't, it can't be your own piss either. <laughs> no, that's, that's definitely cheating, right? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, it's like... Right, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing, but now it's almost like for vampires, it's like you get a little high when you drink piss because if you hadn't already fed, it would cure you. Mm-hmm. But since you have fed, it's not going to cure you. But you kind of like you like you trip a little bit, so like they just they love they love they love piss. It's like cutting um, uh, MDMA with strychnine or arsenic, right? Like it's the same exact thing. Like yeah. just put a little put a little piss in your blood when you're when you get if you want to get a little high. It feels good, man. It feels good. Um, I, I find it funny. You mentioned all these vampires have been on the run uh, that we've seen, and it very much feels that way. And I have to imagine it's because there is no other hunt hunters in the world that have uh, ascended to the Winchester tier of hunters that are like dealing with the mark of Cain and how to get angels back in heaven. Like they're still like chasing some fucking monsters, right? Like there's still some hunters out there yeah. just chasing fucking monsters. And I kind of, I kind of love that. Like there's still some people do, putting in the work, mm-hmm. the traffic Somebody's cops of hunter, of hunters, right. Hunterville, right. right? Although I would really love a, a, a plot line where you get somebody like Pete or Irv who like legitimately like has activated something like some other hunter broke the 66 seals or whatever and like or, or you know whatever that equivalent is and then sam and dean have to come in and clean up their mess what do you what do you i don't know what a fucking seal is man i was killing vampires yeah. i don't know yeah, I was, that's that's how they you know give me that flashback episode that's how they met pete right or that's how they met carlos right that's what carlos did in season four that's what carlos did is he broke a seal and like <laughs> thankfully the winchesters are cool about it because it was a big deal but like you know carlos didn't know uh so they we go back to the uh the sheriff's station and the same cop uh who was at the very beginning in our cold open uh like you know deputy frank i think is his name um is there when the vampire family rolls up looking for alex and it does not look good for that dude but we we don't spend a lot of time there we jump back over to dean who is beating up on this vampire and uh, the vampire kind of gives them some extra information. He calls Alex Alexis and uh, says that it's all her fault and that she was a super bratty teen and that uh, Mama did not re- did not turn her and refused to turn her into a vampire. So it's all it's all their, all her fault that this is happening. And um, he says something to the extent of it's like she thinks she's better better than us because she doesn't feed on people. And Dean looks at him and says, "She is better than you, dumbass." And yeah. I just goddamn. Yeah. That's a good, That's line. A good Dean That's line a good right line. there. <laughs> and then he goes, wait a second. Aren't you bunker boy? I remember you, son. I remember you. Uh, and he also you says that. You beat my brother at darts. 
I don't know why that's the thing. I, I saw you break a perfect pool game when you were drunk and win $500 and leave I, it at the table. <laughs> I saw you waste a bunch of piss in the urinal. I could have drank that. <laughs> we have a tub right there, but no, you went outside, god damn it. God. You could have peed into my gas tank at least. <laughs> the gas tank is what he calls his mouth? Know. Is that what I'm is that what, is that what we're doing? Know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Um, he also says that uh, Alexis will always choose family over anybody else, and uh, more importantly, uh, he says that they they she helped them out. And we get this flashback scene of a very young looking Anne or Alexis in a very shitty looking dive bar, uh, bringing home this dude who uh, is. I, like I, I just this is this situation is so silly to me where the guy walks up and is like hey and she's like follow me home baby and he's like I'm about to do stuff yeah. to you and she's like yeah no you're not and then her brothers yeah. eat him in front of her they uh they do a pretty good job of making the actress look younger than she is yes. in this mm-hmm. scene like she looks younger in this flashback than she does in, in any of the other things um but yeah this uh this guy gets toasted um he gets pissed all over um and verily my dude i can't verily i can't say i feel too bad for this like pedo creep getting getting what's coming to him um Same. so so far you know so far i'm not too mad at alex or annie or whoever, whatever her name is um of course they they after we get this like flashback uh the boys immediately start worrying about jody because now um alex isn't just an innocent bystander who got brought into this yeah. she's been actively helping so they Right. That we flash over to Jody, who is like bringing some wood in, and she notices that Alex is gone. So Jody doesn't see that Dean's calling. Uh, she looks outside, can't find Alex, and then she uh, finally finds her in uh, what is very obviously her her son's like the, the the bedroom her son would use when they would come to this cabin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is a little bit like this is one of those things that bug me about set dressing. Sometimes is like they very much they don't want to say like Alex like what are you doing in my son's room? He's dead, and I'm emotional about that. Like they want to show you that this is, this is the son's room. So there's all like these trophies and everything. Thing on the on the on these shelves and like very obviously like a kid's room and i'm like why are your trophies at the like summer cabin <laughs> like why would you yeah. why are you taking yeah. this to like the vacation spot like what what is that anyway it doesn't matter it's just a small detail that i noticed i you know i totally feel like it should just be like a flashlight and like some toy that you brought one summer and then forgot and like maybe a bathing suit that's just like on a shelf because you have that much space. Your old Nintendo because you just got a Super Nintendo for your real house. But let's say your old yeah, Nintendos go into the just, shitty TV. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Alex wakes up. She's sleeping in the bed, and she wakes up and she asked about her grandmother. Uh, we haven't mentioned that. So that's who she got abducted from when she was a kid. Uh, and then when Jody is like mm, death by piss, Alex is like, yeah. oh well, that doesn't definitely doesn't bother me. I'm I'm too cool for that. Uh, I was just because she she plays all this pretty well, you know. She's acting like she doesn't care, but it is sad when she, the closer that she gets to escaping, uh, not just the vampires, but kind of her like Stockholm syndrome with the vampires, uh, the harder it is almost like finding out that her that her grandparents um, or dead or grandmother is, isn't alive anymore, and um, finding just different just different little little details like that just makes it a little bit harder for her. And I think she plays all of this really well. I think uh, this. The name of this actress is Catherine Ramdeen. Ramdeen, and I think she does a wonderful job in this episode. Like she is great as a supporting cast, better than our yeah. normal like supporting actress kind of roles that we usually get out of this. Um, yeah. 
so Dean finally gets through to Jody and is like, Hey, yo, you, you've got a bunch of piss monkeys coming. Um, I got it. I got it. That's not a good word to say. I don't know why I keep going there. That's not, <laughs> uh, but that's the, another name for vampires. It's piss established. Canon. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a set like it's angel radio and piss monkey. Okay. And, and yeah. squeeters. Those are the three things that supernatural yeah. have taught us. Uh, it's it's related to to uh, uh, what was I going to say monkey puss? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, don't don't call your daughter monkey puss. That's that's a very bad place yeah. to be. And don't call her monkey piss either. Because don't a, call her monkey piss thing. either. Yeah, that's a terrible thing. Uh, that's what Claudia. That's what uh, Lestat and <laughs> what's his name called? And yeah, <laughs> called, called Claudia. Yeah, I, that's that's monkey that's piss. book only though. They don't do it in the they movie because yeah, uh, Tom Tom Cruise refused to say the word piss. <laughs> Tom Cruise refused to call Kristen Dunst monkey piss on set. Because <laughs> yeah. Anne Rice was pissed, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're trying to tell Jody that uh, Alex could be trouble, but it's too late. The the vampires are there. They've they've rolled up in their redneck truck and are all uh, uh, d- jumping out. Uh, one of them jumps through the Y'all window. Y'all got a bathroom? I don't even need one. <laughs> I'm just saying. Y- y'all ain't flush yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is our worst uh, running joke, Chris. This is the worst. This is what's yeah, going to get absolutely. people to turn the podcast. It's disgusting. Off. It's disgusting. <laughs> so disgusting. Uh, one jumps through the window, grabs uh, grabs Alex, pushes a uh, a dresser through, on, on, like in front of the door, and then jumps back out the window with Alex. Uh, Jody eventually gets through and like starts chasing them, and then gets fucking clotheslined, right? Yeah, just like fucking yeah. knock the fuck down, and then everybody jumps in the truck and then jets. Because they're uh, for for once a monster didn't stop to tie up its victim. Yeah. Um, I, I they just are like somebody goes like, come on, we gotta go because like they're not here to kill Jody. They're just trying to like get there and get back before like any more trouble stirs up. So like that makes sense that they're not gonna stop and and killer um it's just they're just rushing they're whatever but like yeah most most monsters will stop and tie you up give it 45 to 50 minutes and then you'll wake up in a chair and they'll be standing over you i don't know what they've been doing for that whole time um but they're standing over you now um but yeah but here they just leave and, and jody's just left unconscious in the woods i was watching um something and there were a couple of scenes of like somebody waking up and then realizing something oh i was watching the uh first episode of barry on hbo and um mm-hmm. The, the uh bill Hader like wakes up and finds like his handler he's an assassin like just staring at him and it ha- it's only a 30 minute episode and it happens twice and he's like how long have you been staring at me sleeping like this <laughs> like i just like every monster that should be sam's first question of like did yeah. you touch my dick and how long have you been watching me be, be like asleep on this pole yeah sam's just squirming in his seat and they're like what and he's like i'm just trying to see if my flies down i don't it don't feel right <laughs> something's, something's wrong i've been unconscious and, and a monster den for more than an hour something's <laughs> a little weird um all the monsters are always offended that they think that <laughs> he's like no we're no we're gonna eat and kill you we don't want to no yeah, yeah we're not gonna touch you inappropriately we just want to eat and murder you he's like, like oh i'm sorry so i'm not good enough for you now you're not interested he's like no it's not it's not that it's just that's not why we're here <laughs> One of them looks at the other one and says, I told him we should have, I told you we should have eaten him before he wakes up. Now look what we got to deal with. Yeah. yeah. We got to talk to him. Uh, this next shot, I, I really like. Uh, it's shot from the perspective of Jody. Um, she's kind of waking up, and like the camera does a, a good job impersonating her blinking, and her eyes are out of focus because she got fucking mm-hmm, clocked mm-hmm. in the head. Uh, and it's it, she's watching the Impala like drive up. And I, I just thought this was a really interesting shot for Supernatural. Like it looked really cool. Yeah. 
Um, she, I love when they do little things like that. Me too. And uh, with she, she eventually comes all the way back to her faculties, to her senses, and they're having this conversation. And uh, Dean is pretty straight up front of like, hey, like Alex is not the priority anymore. We got to kill these vampires. And she's been helping them, which makes her a monster too. And we're going to kill monsters. And yeah, he says um, that she probably, she has more blood on her hands than most monsters that they hunt. Yeah. Um, he's yeah he's he's full on and 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 killing monsters mode and she's bad she's she's evil she's gonna go um which i think this episode does such a good job of illustrating the effects of, of the mark yes. <laughs> without it like mm-hmm. slamming anything dumb in our face metatron's not around they don't need anything else and granted we've already seen this version of dean in season two i keep bringing it back to season two when he's grieving john's death um so it's not the first time that we've used this device but that's still that's fine that's communicating something some something building within dean something dark um but it's almost just a one-off line and uh Jody is not having any of this. She's like, no, she's a young girl. I'm going to protect her. Uh, and eventually she like, just like marches to the car. And as she's getting into the backseat, it's like, I'm coming with you. And if you think that you're going to touch Alex, you have to come through me. And it's very obvious that, that Jody's having some misplaced emotions with Alex, uh, as it concerns her, her, her dead son. Right. Like it's very obvious. Like yeah. she's viewing Alex as a replacement. This is emotional, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But this like emotional replacement crutch. or emotional crutch for, for all of her feelings about her son. And that's going to come up a little bit later, but I, I like this because yeah. it's Jody, uh, adding a, just a lick of goddamn sense to Dean, who is just like, no, we're going to kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, and poor Sam is stuck in the middle. Like, I feel like Sam would go along with Dean in this, but also at the same time, like in the back of his, he has like a tiny Jody in his mind called his conscience, right? Like he has that, but he's just going along with it. He doesn't really, they don't give him a lot to do in this. No, Sam, this is not a Sam episode by any means. (laughs) He's just sort of hanging out. Um, But yeah, then we, um, then we go to Alex and she is waking up with her mother, uh, her vampire mom. Um, And immediately, Mama Vamp just starts guilting Alex about everything. She's like, you uh, ran away. You caused all this trouble. You, you know, Cody or whatever that vampire's name is. He's dead because of you. Like, she's just really doing that guilt trip. Like, you're the bad person. And I came back to get you anyway. And I'm inviting you back anyway because you're family and I love you. But you're also, you're really bad. And you're lucky that I love you so much. Uh, but now, because of all this, I'm going to have to go kill these people. And it's your fault. But I love you. And I'm doing it for you. And Alex responds to this by saying, you know, I love you, Mama. Uh, so she's she's well into this emotional manipulation, um, and she's and she's feeling very guilty. She says, "You know, I love you, but I I, I ran away because I can't do this anymore. It's all of the blood, like all of, she, I feel guilty." Yeah, she said I, she would rather die than feel this way. And of course, you know Cecilia, who I'm, I'm not going to call Mama anymore, but Celia says, "Oh, well, that's my fault because these are human emotions, and I should have turned you years ago, and I can I can take care of that." And then we we leave from that scene with that, which is genuinely kind of terrifying because, like they they've shown Alex to be this this young, 
um, woman in crisis almost like this, mm-hmm. this woman or this young woman who has got into a situation, who has this abusive family, who has been doing these things that is, has this hard, harder, hardened shell around her, but is obviously with this confession, like not actually liking what she's doing. But again, stuck in this family who's taken care of her and supported her over the years. That's basically all she's known since she was eight. And, and and the actress plays this perfectly. Like I, I felt a sense of danger and like a desire to protect Alex that I don't normally feel about our supporting characters in Supernatural. Yeah, for sure. You know, all of her agency has been stripped away, and like even as she's expressing her 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 will and her desire to stop doing this, even like that is now going to just make things worse for her, and her ability to even feel bad about it is about to be taken from her. We go from there to uh, Dean, Sam, and Jody arming up basically they're in the middle of nowhere in this field I, they never talk about like how they find out where the house is or anything like that uh but they i guess it's the same house they went back to the same house with the wood chipper or whatever um yeah but yeah, they're arming up with you know machetes and and dead blood and dean says like look this is a raid and the the goal here is to kill vampires not to protect alex and jody's just like looks at him and doesn't say anything and is like as if to say like whatever dude like i, I am not going to kill a little girl like i'm going to protect her as much as possible yeah. like you yeah. can just tell in her eyes she's like fuck that <laughs> yeah dean is not acting uh, very heroic in this one he just wants to kill um which i guess you can argue is still doing good but yeah he he doesn't have too much interest in, in anything beyond that um and meanwhile while this is happening like there's a threat coming from outside there's the threat on the inside as the mom continues to try to convince alex to be turned into a vampire yes um, and, and this scene, it's, it's, it's more of what we got just a minute ago. So it's, it's more of that. So I won't go into it a lot, but just basically say it like, Hey, I'm going to turn you into a vampire so we can stay together as a family forever. Um, and then we go to, uh, have we named our group? Have we named, you know, Jody and the brothers hunting? Cause if not, hunting, you know, Jesus Christ I, hunting together. I think, I think we have, but I don't know what, what it was. Well, I don't I, remember I, what the name was. I wrote down uh, Sheriff Hunk and her deputies, and I would like to canonize that. Because oh. <laughs> it's, oh. I don't know if we have like you know, call me on it, we, the monster of the week, Wikipedia, or, or, or what have you. We can they can have two names, but I wrote that down, and I was very proud of myself. So I'm just yeah, going Deputy to Hunk and Deputy Hunk and uh, Sheriff. Yeah, Hunk. Sheriff Hunk and the deputies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, very into that. Very much into that. So uh, they they enter the house and there's some uh, extremely well shot and kind of tense scenes of them exploring around. Um, uh, Jody hears a noise, heads upstairs. One of the vampires gets the drop on Sam, and another one uh, knocks uh, and basically like holds the gun up to Sam, right? And the other one uh, comes up behind Dean and just straight up knocks Dean out in a huge reversal of the show, which we usually knock Sam out and not Dean. So it, <laughs> it feels I'm like somebody to, made a note of, of Sam's brain trauma. Glad Padalecki had a break. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I heard, I mean, I don't go to conventions and stuff, but I, I did hear that they actually knock uh, Jared Padalecki out for all these scenes. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. He does his own it's stuff. It's the only way he could, he could, yeah. He insists that he does his own stunts. I uh, this is unrelated to anything, but uh, you know, John Wick three came out, so Keanu Reeves has been all over Twitter lately, and uh, 
doing Keanu Reeves stuff. And um, there was a video going around where they were asking him about his stunts. And he was just very casual. And he was like, I don't do stunts. And then like starts yeah. playing with some puppies. And I'm like, you know, that's such the opposite of what you hear from like Tom Cruise, who is like 85 years old and looks like he's 35. And is like, I do everything. I'm I'm hanging off an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the baddest ass in the world. And Keanu was just like, no, nah, man, I'm not going to do any of that shit. I just want to do a movie and get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Right. He's very cool. He also talks about all the training he does, but he's like, no, but I don't do stunts. <laughs> so, uh, Jody finds Alex. Uh, unfortunately, Alex has been turned. I, uh, I made a note that Alex's makeup looks extremely cool here. Like the stuff that they mm-hmm. do with her eyes and like the way she looks is extremely cool. Like it's, it's very yeah. unsettling. This very, this half vampire stage. She looks like, I don't want to say she looks like a monster because that sounds really mean, but it does. It looks like something is is transforming. And she, she looks, looks very, monstrous, like, gaunt, right? And monstrous. Um, this is almost what you would expect a a vampire to look like, you know, with this the, the red eyes and everything, and and the hollow, the hollow, like whatever. There's there's something going on here that that almost conveys the hunger, I guess, um, because she hasn't fed yet, and it, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool look that they have for her. Um. Unfortunately, Celia, Mama Vampire, uh, sneaks up behind Jody and knocks her out. <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsies. Uh, going back to Sam and Dean, the, the vampires are beating up Sam. Uh, they somehow know that these are the Winchesters, and they're, they're of course, blaming them for the death of their uh, L.L. Bean bro. Um, did we mention that they chopped the head off the vampire that they were questioning? We may have missed that, but yeah, well, they, Dean they definitely... Double- they double brother bluffed him. Yeah, and yeah, after they questioned him, Dean chopped the head off. Uh, they yeah. um, they they want to know which of the brothers killed their brother uh, because they want to basically do an eye for an eye, a brother for a brother kind of situation. And uh, they say, "Hey, we're and leaving." Sam's like, "Oh, you're not gonna kill me. You're just gonna." <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm good with him. that. Like me and him are in a <laughs> me and him are in a thing right now. Like we still hunt yeah, together, but we're not real thing. close. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you want to do that, I'll go home after. I, I've been trying to read The Wizard of Oz for a while now. <laughs> the real one, not the, not the fake one. Uh, the one yeah. with Amelia Earhart in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they say they're going to pack a lunch, uh, which is, is a very scary like it, it was sounding thing. I just assumed that they were going to roll all eight foot two of Jared Padalecki up into a trunk and like put a straw in his neck somehow. But that's not what they're going to do. We'll yeah. find out what they're going to do a little bit later. I figured they were just going to... Um yeah, get a bunch of piss going and yep, yep. jar it mm-hmm. up for the road. Look, I need you to drink seven gallons of water, pretend it's steaming blood, and yeah. <laughs> I need you to go to town in this, they just in this keep giant tub. drink water. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, yeah. I've had enough of this fucking water. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, we go back to Celia, who is asking Alex to uh, feed on Jody. And as we know from Supernatural lore, I'm assuming vampires don't actually turn into full vampires until they feed on a human. So like she's kind of in this half, half vampire state. Alex is, is begging her mother not to do this. And it's just begging. And Jody is such a fucking badass in this. Uh, she's, she's just not taking any shit from, from the mom, despite being just bloodied the fuck up and like hanging from the ceiling, essentially. Uh, and this, this is like this, like we're a good 30 minutes in this episode, maybe 35 minutes in this episode. And like the bitch quotient for the last 15 minutes is extremely weird to me. Like the mom calls Jody a hunter cop bitch. And later on, Dean is going to call somebody a bitch. Like there's just a lot of bitching bitch comments thrown around for like out of nowhere. It seems like it's, it's very the, strange. It's the only bad word that they're allowed to say. I guess so. <laughs> so yeah. So they so just they go just to town down with it. on it. 
Um, yeah, uh, is this the scene where she's like the mom is accusing Jody of like you're trying to steal my daughter because you don't have one of your own or something? And that's kind of like where Jody has her character development as she fights back against this vampire of like, yeah, you're right, I am trying to replace something that I lost um, by building something, and you literally stole something trying re- trying to replace something that you lost. So like, you're no better than I am, lady. Yeah, she says uh, essentially like, oh, you know, who was Alex? Like, you know, who was the real Alex? And, of course, the, the mom is like, oh, that Alex died a long time ago. Uh, she breaks Jody's leg in the process or, like, hits her in the leg real hard. Jody's going to be walking on it a little bit, so it doesn't, obviously, not broken. But uh, is basically beating the shit out of Jody. And they do really good makeup effects on her. Like, at the end of this, Jody's, like, eye is all swollen in a weird way that we don't normally see on Supernatural. Like, it looks like like Sam as possessed by Lucifer went to town on Jody. Like, he did Dean. Right, right. Um, it looks like something, like, her eye socket was definitely damaged and she would need to go to the hospital sure. but she won't she'll yeah, just yeah, yeah, have yeah. she'll just have bruises sioux falls has wonderful doctors chris wonderful doctors yeah. great health care yeah. in sioux falls they couldn't say they couldn't say bobby but yeah i mean they're wonderful doctors. sure couldn't say bobby. <laughs> well, they i mean but me. it's fine it's just fine it's fine i mean you know eye socket they have the they have the best eye socket doctors in the world not necessarily bullet in the head doctors yeah. you know that's no yeah, that's the next yeah. town over they couldn't get there um <laughs> I this scene with with Jody uh, figuring out that Celia had a previous daughter and lost her and was replacing her with Alex and uh, it basically says something to the extent of like this that loss is like a stone in your gut it never goes away man it just I mean she just fucking Kim Rhodes fucking kills it right like it's just mm-hmm. amazing it's she's, she's really good she's just so fucking good at this and it's it's like it's this, this these these three women having this conversation uh you know not necessarily conversation but going back and forth with each other is it's just captivating like everybody in this scene is super fucking good it's not about sam and dean in the least like they're they're dealing with emotional trauma obviously this is some of you know jody's own shit at the same time because she's still as we'll find out a little bit later she's still processing her own guilt and and grief with her family it's just so fucking good man like i i can't i can't get over how much i like this scene yeah, um, I this Supernatural could really, really benefit from having more supporting cast members like this around more often because we still get a little bit about Sam and Dean. Well, we only we get a little bit about Dean, but Chody is just she's so good, she's so good here, and it sucks that we don't see more of it. You know, she's shown up pretty frequently recently, or you know, once or twice a season has been really nice. But having her like every other episode, the way that we used to have with Bobby, um, as, as somebody who is is really part of it, and I know that that's never going to be how Supernatural is, um, but it's it, she really shines in this, and 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 I want more of it. Yeah, unfortunately, she'll never be the new Castiel. She's only going to be the new Bobby. Right. Right. Um, right. Meanwhile, Sam. Uh, is having a uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a problem. They've attached some tubing to him, and they are draining his blood into. I'm I'm sorry to say this, what very much looks like a piss bucket to me. <laughs> like this looks like a bucket yeah. you piss in. Um, but they're putting the blood in there, and I guess that's what they mean by pack a lunch. They're getting some like why you wouldn't put this in a plastic bag? Like are they going to drink out of the bucket? Are they going to dip a scoop out of it? Like they're, they're hillbillies, in, man. Oh, man, dude, seems like the worst way to to carry blood around. Um, but. Uh, what happens here? They, uh, 
Dean gets free somehow and starts wrestling. I think Dean wakes up. Dean's pretending to be asleep when they're about to kill him or drain him of blood. And then, uh, yes, yes, yes. Wrestles one of the vampires. Dean has, as they're wrestling, like the vampire pushes him up against a wall and is pinning him there. And we've seen in the past that vampires have like, uh, like extra strength, right? They're, they're stronger than normal Mm -hmm. humans, but somehow Dean is able to overcome this flips the vampire around so the vampire's on the wall, demands that the vampire lick him in the eye, and then like chops his head off, like pushes the the blade that he's carrying through this vampire's neck to behead him. Uh, uh, almost in a show of like weird supernatural strength, like some weird extra normal strength. Yeah. Uh, it's still not quite as uh, intense as Sam cutting off Gordon's head with barbed wire. Uh, that's still my all-time favorite supernatural kill. Of course, but oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's the good. Yeah, and he says, best. he says, "Look at me, bitch," and it's oddly very yeah. sexual. Like, like Dean is just, I don't, I don't know. It was just weird. It's a you weird think, moment, but uh, yeah. You think there's a little action down under to, while, while Dean's doing this? Is what I don't you're know. Saying? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, that's not piss. Is all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> he, he, yeah. There, there is a real, real intensity. There's a real bloodlust that's taking over. Um, and um, as, as soon as he's done with that, he, he goes over to Sam and Sam is like, Dean. And he's like, yeah, you wouldn't have done the same for me. Like complaining. Um, and Sam is just like, no, uh, Jody. Yeah, <laughs> like, go, we, go find our friend, you dumbass. What are you doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so back down to, to, to Jody. Um, and she's still fighting the, the vampire mom. And then Alex sticks her own mom with the dead man's blood that she vile that she picked up from somewhere. Um, and it gives Jody the time to escape, um, you know, get away from that pin that she was in or whatever. The mom looks at Alex and gives her a, how could you right before Jody comes in with the machete she says, Alex, look away. Don't watch this. And then cuts the mom's head off. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to comment when when Celia gets hit with the dead blood, like they they make her face look uh, like like kind of like you see when like somebody's immortality catches up with them, like they start looking desiccated or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it, they, she grays out, you can see these weird veins, and like she just looks terrible. Really good makeup effects, like really good effects in this in this episode overall. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. Jody cutting off this chick's head is because Jody again Jody is fucked up looking at this point like her eye is swollen shut she's bloodied she's limping around on a bum leg because Celia like hit her leg real hard somehow um, maybe she gotten wounded earlier or something maybe I missed a, a thing there that could be it does not matter but she's 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 kind of beaten and bruised and just cuts this chick head off and like whoa what a fucking moment right like Jody is the fucking yeah, best yeah but Jody, who, you know, we just watched Dean brutally kill a vampire up there, demanding that it look at him for some sexual gratification on Dean's part. Um, but uh, but Jody, the I thing that she says... I can't finish unless I'm cutting right, your head off. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's what... It, it reminded me of, like, serial killer shit. That's, like, that's what I thought yeah, of, of, like, yeah, a absolutely. serial killer getting off on, on murdering something. And it seemed less like a, look how strong I am, and more like, oh, fuck yeah. Um which is you know it's a, it was a little creepy, but I mean I don't ha- I don't hate it necessarily for like the character or for the moment or anything like that. It was just it was just a little creepy. Um, but Jody, the thing that she says right before she gets this vampire kill is like, "Honey, look away! Like don't don't, don't watch this because Jody's compassion is what's driving the swing of her sword there or whatever her machete. Um, you know it's not it's not bloodlust or hate or anything like that. It's it's compassion and, is and it, wanting. Is to it regular lust? <laughs> 
it's is it she got that regular lust she got that blood lust she got that hunger uh and she's just going for it verily so verily it is uh and this is pretty much the end of the episode like our our villain has been dispatched uh outside we get a, a brief moment of sam confronting dean and saying like hey you look like you were you were enjoying that a little too much and and dean pushes back and is like hey this is my job we kill monsters and like it's not unusual. yeah i think sam quotes look at me bitch back to dean like, really <laughs> like really that's what you said <laughs> this is your really yeah, this is your line and he's like you got any other one-liners and sam's like yeah that's, absolutely that's what that's what your o face is dean really <laughs> <laughs> look i saw your vinegar strokes and i did not like it yeah um, i did not like it one bit but yeah and dean says like hey it's it's okay for me to enjoy my job like i kill monsters i should enjoy killing monsters and they almost immediately like they don't get a lot of time to talk about this because jody shows up um and jody's limping around and sam and dean immediately apologize like they're like hey i we were we were wrong and jody stops him and says actually you were right and my, my judgment was clouded and i've been without realizing it been affected by the grief of losing my family and was projecting that onto to alex and otherwise trying to bury it she makes a comment about like i tried to date and obviously that didn't work well referring to the time she was almost killed by crowley uh on a just a casual date um and this is this is very powerful stuff like i think also she tried to date bobby <laughs> also she tried to date bobby <laughs> that did happen that was and like a, died, there was a scene. Um, and then <laughs> She uh she randomly like tried to you know get religious and she started praying mm-hmm. and, and going to church because it was something that she needed. But all of these things have just been her putting up blinders and trying to not look at what is really hurting. Exactly, and uh, this is a surprising amount of character death for a uh, what is essentially a guest like a recurring role, right? Like this is a this yeah. is a a lot of death and this is a lot of character development for a character that we've only seen a handful of times so far. We've probably only seen her like maybe less than ten times, I would say. And yeah, yeah. I, I again, once again, Kim Rhodes fucking kills it. She's great in this role, and she's this this is a wonderful scene, and it gets even better. Uh, Sam and Dean leave. She goes back inside, and um, Alex is going through the cure, which is very much looking like like I'm getting off of a heroin thing, right? Like they've got a vomit yeah. bucket, and like she's basically tied. she's not tied to the bed, but she's she's going through some shit. She's not feeling great. Yeah, Robert um, Smith has that effect on people. So. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the cure, you know, the cure, the cure for everybody that doesn't know. Uh, Alex tells her thank you and says, "I'm you know I'm I'm so sorry, but I just I couldn't." I had to do it because I, I couldn't disappoint my mama again talking about Celia. And she says that she's done extremely shameful things that she could never make up for. And Jody says that that doesn't matter because you know, the things that you have to do to survive, nobody can understand that. And the, the last, the last line of the show is Alex looking at her and saying, but you can, and that's it. And boy, what a, what a fucking moment this is, man. Like that's, this mm-hmm. is a, a really great moment of just like, these these two women bonding over their shared grief and their extremely messed up family lives like you know the the family reunion i'm saying like group family reunion is not going to be great this this summer like the the mills alex family reunion is not going to have a good time yeah um jody just giving her the you know whatever you want for me i'll give you if you want i'm i'm here um it's it's a very touching moment to end this episode on and it sucks that we probably won't see them again for a while um i know that we do see them again obviously but uh but yeah it's um these are great characters they just they somehow managed to 
to salvage something real and human out of a random episode in a season that has felt far from human, you know, especially with last episode and, and, and the junk with Metatron and Angel stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm always a little bit harsher on that stuff. But this really just grounded us all over again. And by surrounding Dean with characters, with hunters who are more in touch with their humanity, it really goes to show how the the mark has affected him. Yes. It's not just uh, him around Sam anymore. It's showing, in comparison to Jody, because in, in many ways, Dean has, has been close to how Jody is now. Dean is, has gone through similar arcs. Sam has gone through similar arcs to what Jody's in now. Um, but they're not there at this point. You know, they're just hunters. And by being around somebody like that, seeing this kind of relationship, that's eye-opening to, to look at the way that Jody gets that final kill and the way that Dean gets his final kill. It's something has changed for sure. Absolutely. And it's, you know, this is, I think this is also like kind of a, a Jody having her humanity is obviously like a, a holding up a mirror to you know, the, the boys at this point like sam is kind of this mm-hmm. in this place where he he can't really trust family uh and dean is in this place where it feels like he's losing a bit of himself as he focuses on the mission of killing abaddon and i don't think that this necessarily like affects him like he apologizes but i feel like it's not going to be lasting like i feel like in the, by the next episode he's probably going to be trying to to murder a bunch of fools again um, but yeah, like yeah. this is just a standard monster of the week episode with just some great characterization and some just really like great acting and some great shot. Like this is a yeah. good supernatural episode. It's weird to say that it's like, this is an important episode, but I feel like, you know, if you wanted to introduce somebody to supernatural, this is probably a good place to start. Like, right. Like that feels weird for being a season nine episode because you don't really yeah, know the history. If you wanted to like, sh- Right. If you wanted to show them like somebody an early episode and a later episode, this isn't necessarily a bad one. You might not know who Jody Mills is, but you say, "Yeah, she, you know, she's been through some shit." All right, now now watch this episode. Um, you wouldn't need all that much. The only thing I I would complain about is that we Sam does almost nothing. So you would watch this and go, "Who's the sidekick? You know, what's this that guy's deal?" Um, because he has no important emotional significance or or plot significance. He doesn't do anything. He's just there. And that's unfortunately what happens to Sam a lot of the times. They they don't know how to juggle multiple characters. And certainly don't, they don't always know how to juggle two main characters at the same time. But it's okay because we focus on, on Jody and Alex here. And their relationship is, is really interesting. And their stories are really interesting. So it, I can't really complain that we didn't get anything for Sam. Yeah, it's, and, that's, and that's that's kind of a bummer. But again, great episode. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Any any last thoughts? No, oh, that's it. That's it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. It's very much appreciated. Thank you for our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We mentioned at the top of the episode, but we're getting close to that, that next goal where we release two extra episodes a month. And if you're curious about our coverage of books, anime, television, movies, musicals, all that kind of stuff, uh, you, you can you can get access to that with just a, a $1 donation. And if you want to dictate what we can cover, you can join at the 10 or $20 level. And you know, that's hugely appreciated. We, we very much love each and every one of you that do that. We love every one of you that listen and share the show too. We've had a lot of people uh, talking to us on Twitter that they've caught up with the show or that they're going back and listening to the show over again and things like that. And that's just, man, I can't, I just can't tell you how, that's, like how touching that yeah. is to me. Like that means so much to me. So thank you everybody that's doing that. Uh, you can talk to the podcast on Twitter at MOTWcast. You can talk to me at JG Greer. You can talk to Chris at... I'm at Local Bones. Excellent. And uh, you can find links to all of that stuff that I mentioned, including 
uh, merchandise. If you want to put Spanford University on your on your shirts, you can do that at monsterweek.cool. Uh, we'll be back next week with Sam and Dean investigate monster families in Chicago. Uh, we'll, we'll see you all next week. Ah, big sigh. Hello, Doug. What's up, other Doug? Oh, uh, hail and well met, Doug. <laughs> Verily, your name is Doug as well? I don't know, I don't know how to speak old English or yeah. whatever the fuck you're doing. It's cool. Apparently I don't know how to record my audio, because I, I wasn't just now. You just start every sentence with barely, right? Like that's the... Barely. Yeah. yeah. Barely, uh, my good Doug. <laughs> Verily, I gotta go take a leak. <laughs> hey, Verily, how is my, uh, how's my audio sound? Sounds good. Because I turned up everything a little bit, and I'm sitting further away from the mic. Okay, okay. And uh, I'm trying out a new setup, because my back hurts, because I, I hunch forward like an old witch, mm. and it doesn't it doesn't work out super well. So I thought barely. maybe if I can just... That will give you back problems. Hi. Barely. Um... So I'm I'm recording from yonder whence I may project my voice verily. Uh, what is what does the word verily even mean? I assume like I'm gonna like, look it up. Like, I, th- I assume it's just another word for like yo. Like yo, this is gonna hurt Hold your on. back. Hold on. <laughs> actually, yeah. actually, I yes. really think it means truthfully, but not not just yo. But I think it means truthfully. Um, barely. There I guess go. maybe maybe a better approximation would be yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly, it means yeah. truly or certainly. It's, you better believe. I was doing some. I was doing some editing today. You better believe. I'm writing in verily into somebody's dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> for real, my sword is the best in the land. <laughs> yeah, how you would mo- you would modernize that too. Like if you wanted to change your what I'm assuming is kind of like a medieval fantasy novel, uh, you should just do a search and replace for verily, and then replace it with for real. Yo, for real, <laughs> the sword is legit. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> It's just when they talk about swords. Everything else is still like normal, <laughs> high fantasy jargon. But when it comes to swords, it's like I, this, this, this shits, this, this shits fit. You know, this shits popping. <laughs> this shit is I don't know fit. why that. This shit that's is why fit. I went with. I like it with my British slang. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Chris, it has been a million years since you and I recorded together. It's been a while. It has been a little while. I'm so tired. Yesterday I slept like, or two nights ago I slept three hours. Uh, and then last night I got I, I got like six and a half. I was hoping on at least eight. So I'm I'm a little bit sleepy, but nine hours in two days it could be worse. It could definitely be worse. What uh what happened last night? I know you were you were home. We 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 didn't record. I'm assuming you had no responsibilities. You were just it was just too hot to sleep, too cold to fish. It was too hot to sleep. Too cold too, to go too home. Too hot to sleep. Too cold, too cold to too cool to fish and too cold to go home. Those were all the things I was going to say. It's crazy you beat me to it. I don't know. I don't know if you know that country song or not, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> that didn't make any uh, sense. Good, good. But I just you know you got to roll with it sometimes. It was too it was too cool to fish, and I don't know. Yeah, maybe I still stayed up playing video games for too long because I didn't stop until like eleven o'clock, which is like you know, and you're an old man. You got to take care of your brain and. 
Um, then I yeah, I settled down for sleep. I started reading for a little while, and then I was just I was sweating uh, profusely, yeah, yeah, and it was very yeah. uncomfortable. I got an ice pack and I put it on the back of my neck. And it still took me about an hour and a half to fall asleep. So that was cool. Verily, uh, that's, that's the, the way to wake up with wet sheets. <laughs> Absolutely. Thankfully, no, it was like a, like a gel pack. So thankfully it didn't leak. Um, oh, word, word. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, I slept through the night and I woke up in the morning feeling, you know, fine, I guess. But yeah, definitely, definitely not stoked about the last two nights sleeping situation because it, it got so humid so fast. Sunday night, it was like 80 degrees Game of Thrones was over. I was, uh, my mind was racing. Um, so that I understand. I didn't sleep. It just didn't, it just didn't happen. Um, but the night after, it was only like 70 degrees, but the humidity, and I think the way that my bedroom is positioned, it's like, this is a very old house and it's just, the heat rises directly to it. It's, it's not an attic, but it, it might as well be an attic the way that it like holds heat and the way that it's above everything else. So Verily, um, Yon bed is at the top of the structure. <laughs> Verily, thine thine chambers are. Um, I feel like we're just trying to do bad uh, dragons dogma pawn dialogue at this point. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> they definitely say verily in that game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> verily, my good sir. Verily, indeed. Yeah, um, but other than that, you know, I'm still I'm kicking it. You know what I'm saying? I'm still kicking it. That's you know this this blade is fit. This blade is. Uh... <laughs> It's kicking it. That's that's all I know. Well, good. I don't hear I'm, you I, anymore. No, I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. I was uh, oh, you were you were you were cutting out a little bit, and I was looking at my router to see if I'm downloading anything or see if like something weird is happening. And am I doing anything weird? No, no. I it think could be because I'm so far away from the mic. Like it's definitely it definitely seems like it's something I'm doing. I just don't know why I would be downloading like a bunch of shit right now. Like nothing's doing anything, so I don't know what it could be. Let's see, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Verily. Uh <laughs> mm, mm. I'm uh, I'm doing alright. I um I had a a good a good a good work day today. That's good. It's always um, good. Had a great weekend. Had a, went to a fucking banging pizza place on Saturday. So that was dope. Hell yeah. Brought Hell back yeah. um we ordered two pizzas. Uh and we got some uh some some burrata. Uh which is like this, What's burrata? this it's like this <clears throat> Italian cheese that they serve with the pita bread. Ooh. The cheese in like Ooh. this olive oil kind of thing. I'll I'll hit you up with a picture in a couple of minutes. It's pretty dope. Um <laughs> it's uh oh, that's why it's so high. No, I'm not. I'm not downloading anything. Anyway, um, but we had enough pizza left over, so I had some delicious ass pizza later that night, which was cool. Uh, Game of Thrones was this weekend, so that mm-hmm. was that was pretty dope. We also started watching uh, Gentleman Jack, which I would oh, uh, yeah. I, I would highly recommend to all of our listeners. It's about a um, a woman whose name I can't remember in the 1830s in England. She was like one of the first. I'm not going to say out, but like relatively out lesbian women and in society. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of about her, some of her later adventures. She, she kept like an enormous amount of personal diaries. So we have like all of this information about her and her liaisons and her lovers and her, or her it was life. just her, her fantasies. Eh, I mean, yeah, sure. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how they're a, cooperative. I, I don't know why I was trying to make a joke about like some lady having like 
this dope life. And it's like, well, yeah, she wrote in her diary. Like, well, yeah, of course she wrote about herself having a dope life. Um, but that's, it I mean, was just I, a joke that went nowhere. I haven't, I haven't looked at the source material, but I'm pretty sure the word verily doesn't show up. So that means it's 100% real. So that's the... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We've got an early contender for a good name of the podcast if we just call it verily. Just verily. <laughs> Right. That we flash over to Jody, who is like bringing some wood in, and she notices that Alex is gone, and she kind of ignores her phone. Excuse me. Oh, God, I have the hiccups. This is going to be terrible. Can we uh-oh. hang out for uh-oh. a couple of minutes while yeah, I'm a second. Jesus. And it, it doesn't help that, like, they're finding all of this stuff out, and they're like, oh, shit. Like, Alex has helped out with these these vampire hunts, essentially. And this is something that, like, we learned, I think, at the last episode that Jody was in, um, that that she's allergic to piss. And we see, like, in the scene earlier in this episode when she's at the police station, where she, like, she takes her 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 piss shot. You know, her it's like a, it's like an allergy shot that she has to take to, like, you know, to stay healthy, um, so she can like go to the bathroom and stuff. And we see that she's run out of her piss supply, but she's like, it's fine. I'm going to be in the woods. Like, there's not that much piss in the woods. And um, and so now they're kind of like they're like putting these things together. And they're like, holy shit, Jody's in danger. Like, we got we got to hurry. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a marker, and that's going in the outtakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> do you need do you need still need to, to catch no, your no, breath I'm or whatever? Good. I think I'm fine. Um. <laughs> Hey folks, it's Jeremy here. Uh, once again, for the third week in a row, the rest of the outtakes are a discussion about Game of Thrones Season 8. Um, this is a spoiler warning for everything that happened in the series finale as well as anything that happened before that, obviously. So if you aren't down with Game of Thrones chat, you aren't down with Game of Thrones spoilers, go ahead and feel free to turn the podcast off. Uh, we will not get offended as long as you make sure and promise to come back next week. Bye folks. Do you want to do a, a final segment on Game of Thrones? I'm, I, th- I was thinking about uh, just editing yeah. our three segments together and putting it out on the Monster of the Week's Presents feed. Not the Patreon feed, but just the public feed and just throwing it out there and see how many people listen to it. Yeah, let's um, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Um, so yeah, spoilers for the finale uh, and probably all mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones happening here. Just so, you know, in case, in you, case. you've wandered yeah. here. If you're driving and you're not able to turn off the podcast, just turn the fucking radio off, Chief. All right, yeah, get yeah. that shit off. Just, I mean, just change the source. Like, go back to FM. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go back to your protect shitty your neck, AM. You know? Protect your neck, mother. Verily, protect your mm-hmm. neck. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why Verily's getting me today so much, Chris. I, I love it. There. It's working. It's working. Uh, so, to, just to start off, uh, I like. I liked it. Okay. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm brave enough. I'm brave enough to admit that I like Game of Thrones still. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not happy that that this season is so short and everything is so rushed and that we just jumped to all these conclusions. I would have been a lot more satisfied, I think, if we if we had gotten the season last year because we took last year off from Game of Thrones. Um, if we had if we had gotten a season that year, full regular season, or even if it was like season seven again, and it was still that fast version, it just felt like we definitely needed more time. Um, that being said, I don't know at what point I was able to remove myself from I don't the the delivery 
in that way. And I just started looking, I just started wanting to see what was going to happen. I was no longer concerned with how I was finding these things out. Because obviously for the first, whatever, four or five seasons, everything is so by the book and and built up in such a a strong, slow way um, that by comparison, this just seems like, this this is crazy. It's crazy fast. Um, but all that aside, I was satisfied with the events themselves. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to one day, hopefully being able to, to read the book version and, and see hopefully if that is, is more satisfying. But, um, but as far as knowing, like, it's almost like looking up a spoiler, but except you watch the actual season to be like, oh, okay. So Bran ends up here and John ends up here and Arya ends up here. It's just like, just basically seeing the the spark notes the crib notes version of of what game of thrones was supposed to be so on that level i'm not satisfied but on the other hand like for as far as the story goes i'm like okay i'm fine with it as a complete aside that has nothing to do with game of thrones you you mentioned you made a comment like that in our uh discord um Mm -hmm. that it was like watching the spark notes version and i was like what the fuck are spark notes what is, is this some like weird new england like snobby version of cliff notes that's only available in fucking maine or some shit like no, what, i don't know what is- i don't know spark notes was like a thing it was a website that you could go to um and then they started making you pay to go to that website because everybody in like high school would just not obviously read the books i mean yeah. i of course would that was cliff notes um, <laughs> for, like you had to go to the yeah. library or go to the bookstore and buy a cliff notes version of whatever so yeah um, it's essentially that, but yeah, Sparknotes was the website you could go to. And then when I was in college, you could like go to the bookstore on campus and buy the Sparknotes version of, of Frankenstein or whatever. <laughs> like, th- how are you guys just okay with this? Do you think that there's like a high school student that has to do a study on Frankenstein and just listens to like two podcasts about it? And it's like, yep, I got this. <laughs> like, I, I, like it's, I feel surprised. like podcasts are like way longer Cliff Notes versions of things now. You know, the the way to do it would be to get the cliff notes and to listen to the audiobook because that way like you you can just look at the notes like it's just yeah. really it's really good notes and if you actually read the book or or listen to the book in in this age uh you're 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 not even you're not even going to be in trouble that's fine you're actually you're going to be all set but it's just if you go for the for the shortened version that you have trouble um people hate it like the season of game of thrones i actually have done that like when i was in high school i had to read something i forget what it was but uh i liked reading and i liked most of my assigned reading because i'm not a you know a goddamn animal no i'm kidding that's just a joke high school high school book selection is gonna be fucking terrible i I understand if you didn't like it but barely i think it was for the invisible man i uh i read the invisible man and i was like okay i'm into this and then a friend of mine was reading like the cliff notes or, or whatever and uh just like switched to a different uh like homework assignment so i picked up the cliff notes and i like skimmed through the cliff notes and i was like oh this seems like definitely all the shit that they will like test you on so that you can get a b but having read the book like (laughs) of course i got i got the a or whatever but like it was a real good way to be like these are the points they're probably going to zoom in on except i had already Mm -hmm. read all of the detail stuff that they'd want to they specifically will ask to make sure you didn't just read the cliff notes yeah anyway so all that aside (laughs) yeah um i Still, you know, I think the the production was obviously still really great. They they threw budget into just production rather than stretching out the episodes. That's how it seems to me. And I, it, it, everybody was putting in as much effort as possible. And I think you could argue that the writers weren't, but I'm not going to talk about that. Um, and I, I enjoyed the spectacle of it all. I obviously, I didn't, you know, I didn't want them to take the shortcuts, but I was still excited to find out what was going to happen. And... This final episode, so last episode, Daenerys 
Um, she finally mustered up the courage to do the thing that she knew she had to do, and she had to rule with, with fire and blood. She had to take down King's Landing to, to prove her point and establish her, um, her rule, I guess. She did what she did. We talked about that before. And in this episode, it seems like, obviously, Daenerys is now the big bad. She's the fire of fire and ice, and, and Night King was ice, or something like that, you know? Um, she's she's the new threat to, to everybody's, to, to Westeros, basically. Um, but I think a lot of people probably assumed, okay, yeah, Daenerys is going to have to be killed, because they're... There's just no way that that she can she can get by like this. I went into this episode st- afraid of her. I was afraid of Daenerys. I was afraid of what she would do. And then when she was giving her her big dictator speech on the the steps of the ruins of the Red Keep, I was terrified of her. And as a viewer, I, I mean, I feel like I was partially. I feel like I was alone in this. Um, but as a viewer, I I was really into it. I thought it was really effective. Um, and I. Again, getting getting the crib notes version of this, I was like, "Oh fuck, this is this is so scary. Look at her. Look at how much power she has, and look at the things that she's saying she wants to do. This is scary." Uh, and then you know the moment with Tyrion throwing off the badge, and and then just all all that. I thought at any minute Tyrion is dead or John is dead because he's he's not going to love her and she's going to kill him. And I I had this fear in my head, which even though it doesn't make sense, and it would have been really silly. I had this fear in my head of her just getting on her dragon and we're, we're cutting to two months later and now they're at Winterfell and she's just burning down Winterfell. Sure, <laughs> I, yeah. like, as, as a viewer, I was legitimately worried that that's how the series would end, that that's what they were doing, was they were throwing everything into the fire, literally. Um, and I wouldn't, I can't say that that wouldn't have in some ways been earned. She's the person with the most power um, and she's proven that she can do it. But I would have been sad to like see all my favorites die. Um, but as it played out, we got the shortcut version. Um, but I still, I think I was satisfied with where the characters ended up. The one, the one questionable thing, I think the biggest questionable thing is, is Bran just being like, yeah, let's throw Bran on the throne. And I know that in the books, Bran is a lot more significant. He takes up a lot more uh, of page count than he does screen time. In, in the show, it felt like it never really focused on Bran all that much, considering he was gone for an entire season, too. Um, they just they just skipped out on his story. Uh, but I, I can see how, as an ending to the book, this would make sense in some way. Like, the dude who knows the history of everything can be our king, because, like, he'll, he can probably make good choices based on that. Uh, I don't know. But the show never really supported that. So the idea of Bran sitting on the throne, um, or being king, he's not sitting on the throne, because there is no throne, but Bran being king, I, I'm fine with that idea. I think that they didn't execute it very well, because they didn't plan for that in the show, up to a certain point. Or it was just a surprise, and that's a show-only thing, I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, Sansa being Queen of the North, Arya going off to explore, and then Jon going back to the Watch, and then going north. Um, that's what Egret always wanted for John. She told him that he could give up all this shit and be free and, you know, build a cabin and, and find a wife or whatever. And even if he's not doing that, there John is in the north and he he has escaped the game of thrones, you know, and, and been able to to continue on being who he originally set out to be. And I think characters ending up where they got back where they started is, is probably frustrating for some people, but I I liked that for John at the very least. So I'm, I'm I'm interested in your opinion on this because um, 
in your thoughts in general, because when you went into the finale, like I, I could, based on what you have written in our discord and based on what you have just said, like you were still scared of something unusual happening to these characters and something like bad happening to your darlings, right? Like I, you were, you were, you were, you like these people, you wanted them to succeed in some way or at least survive. It's that's interesting to me because I feel like a big problem with my enjoyment of the last episode and a big problem with the internet's enjoyment of this episode of this episode. And this maybe the, even the season as a whole is that they have stopped caring about the individual characters altogether, mm-hmm. whether that's justified or not. Like there's a, <clears throat> we, we talked a lot in the the last section that we did on game of Thrones about how Daenerys's opinion or, or Daenerys's like change from almost this, benevolent leader who's going to free the world and break the wheel to this like darker side wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. as quick as people on the internet were talking like this has been a building for several seasons like she's gone through a bunch of shit um but for me personally like by the time that we get to season eight episode six i i just i kind of just didn't care anymore about the characters i was curious right like i was i was mm-hmm. i wanted to see what they were going to do for an ending but like if Tyrion had died if john had died in the first five seconds of the episode i probably wouldn't have cared that much and <laughs> that to me is a is a failing of the show in general mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not mm-hmm. trying to like assassinate the show <laughs> or anything like that like right. it's a it's a it's a tremendous achievement to do 76 some odd episodes of this huge epic sweeping fantasy story especially when like half of it was unwritten at the time that most of it was coming out right uh but i think it's it's a it's a failing of the show that because it was so rushed and because they they spent so much meandering time kind of in the middle which hey look the books do as well like we're right in the middle of this giant we're in season four and five in the books basically and it's just meandering and it's not going anywhere and that's probably the reason we haven't seen those books in like five years or or however long it's been Mm -hmm. um but i just i couldn't muster up my ability to care about any of these people it was way more a curiosity about like how are they going to pin all this stuff up and so when yeah. at the almost at the very beginning, you know, uh, Daenerys does her her big speech about breaking the wheel. John and uh, Tyrion look at each other, and Tyrion's like, "Homie, you got to kill her." <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I know this yeah. is, sucks to be you. Verily, sucks to be you. But, yeah, but you got you got to do something, and of course he does, right? Like, and then you get that scene of Drogon. Uh, melting the iron throne but not killing john for some reason showing some some crazy you know depth for a metaphor that i really appreciate uh which i really like don't get me wrong like all of this stuff I, i'm really like especially the cinematography and the music and and everything was mm-hmm. so well rendered i just like it could have gone either way like daenerys could have killed john and i would have felt exactly the same way about it um Daenerys could we could have jumped five years in the future with a war against the the north and she could be melting Winterfell and I'd be like oh that that's that sucks for Sansa but I wouldn't have mm-hmm. cared that much and I think that was that's ultimately kind of how I follow, follow on this on the show as it ends is it was as good of an ending as I think they could have done with what they have done in the last two seasons and it's fine I don't think it's yeah. I don't think, you know, <clears throat> it's it's difficult to t- have a conversation about it without talking about 
everybody saying stuff like, oh, I've wasted eight years of my life. This show deserves so much more. I'm going to write a petition for them to change the ending, which like, laughing, like what? Y'all crazy? Don't do that. That's fucking stupid and bad. Please don't do that anymore. But it's like, I, by the time like in the first 15 minutes of an hour and 20 minute episode, they killed Daenerys and I'm like, okay, like the rest of this is pretty much going to feel like an epilogue. And what I said in the mm-hmm. last section that, or the last like conversation that we had about this is that I really wanted that in the future epilogue. Like I wanted to see what happened and we got that a little bit. Like they jump ahead, like from one scene to the next, all of a sudden John has a big bushy beard and like people from the North are down right. at the King's landing. And, and like, so we got like, a few weeks and they, you know, try to decide who does what. But at that point, it almost felt like it almost, it almost felt like, okay, I've got 10 characters on a bulletin board uh, with their names written on a post-it note. And I've got to figure out what to do with them now that they're left over after we kill Danny. So what, what, Mm -hmm. what, who's going to get assigned what role? And of course it seems like it kind of broke down almost like you would expect. And game of Thrones specifically the book, but also the show has always been very, very good about zagging left when you expected it to go right or straight. So the, the, the classic example be a Deadard Stark, the red wedding, mm-hmm. Joffrey, Cersei's thing, all of this stuff, right? Like you always expect it to go to play the straight fantasy narrative and it never does. And that's what I feel like happened in the last season is it played the straight fantasy narrative for better or for worse. Did, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, again, I think it's good. Like I'd, specifically the like the cinematography and the music and like the, there's that great scene of like you know the dragons coming up behind danny which i know some people find very cheesy but i thought was fucking baller as hell like it was yeah same I thought that was, it is cheesy but it's fucking cool too it can be both yeah exactly like it can be super cheesy and it could be also like everything that um Oh, what's the fucking archer's name in uh, Lord of the Rings? Whose name I'm forgetting right now. Uh, Legolas. Everything Legolas does in Lord of the Rings is fucking cheesy as hell. I'm sorry, Legolas stands, but like yeah, it's right, it's, and it's also fucking dope. Like it can be both. Yeah. Like I can, it can be both. I'm a huge fine. MCU yeah. fan. Like okay, I can I can I can hang with like dumbass costumed people doing dumbass shit, and it's especially interesting in comparison to something like Endgame. And I'm not gonna say any Endgame spoilers out there, so nobody fast forward. But like the differences that they go through and also the similarities like game of thrones Mm -hmm. ends up kind of like picking their people and i think what most people didn't expect is that almost everybody survived and they're kind Mm -hmm. of happy about it like Mm -hmm. if you look at all of your favorite characters over the last four or five seasons sansa's queen in the north Arya's on an adventure bran is the king you know john is you know, there's a question mark with John, but I really feel like John went to live with the free folk. I don't know how you feel about that, mm-hmm. but I feel like John mm-hmm. went to, I don't think he's going to be in the night's watch. I think he like got to the night's watch and was like, no, nah, homie, I'm not doing this again. Like I'm gone. I'm yeah. going to live in the, Cause North. there is no night's watch. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it, you know, there's that brief scene of like, as they're, as they're leaving the wall, like you see like a blade of grass growing through the snow kind of, I think yeah. showing the audience like this, this weird supernatural winter thing is not going to keep happening since we killed the night King. So like those Northern lands are probably like open and like, that's probably the only place he could be happy. But mm-hmm. all of the Stark mm-hmm. children who in the first season and the second season you think are cursed, come back to be almost blessed. I mean, except for Rickon, which <laughs> is it Rickon or Dickon? Rickon and, Rick and, Rick, <laughs> Rick and Rob are the ones who yeah, died. And that's obviously it. it's yeah. the parents. It's the eldest and it's the youngest, but all the middle children survive or just, I guess, yeah, and not yeah, just survive, but prosper, survive. right? Like, I mean, yeah, they've yeah. all been through a um, lot of shit, but they've, 
they come out of this the other end and it's and it's it's the the joke i saw i don't remember i sent you this but the joke i saw was like 18 months later um john's john's talking to his son and the son is like what if i get picked by house lannister and he's like Tyrion, night king (laughs) edder snow (laughs) i've named you after my yeah (laughs) the best and worst and the most supernatural you know night king i've ever met like that kind of thing like it feels very pat and i don't Mm -hmm. think that there's any way with six episodes in the last season that they couldn't have made it feel pat i think they did the best they could on that i've been rambling for a while i'm sorry it's okay no and and i think part of what you said made a lot of sense to me it's because i'm not coming into this season after having not watched it since season seven aired which that's how it was for a lot of people a lot of people who have been excitedly waiting since whatever 2018 or 2017 whenever the last season was on all these people who are very excited picking up where we left off ready to be reinvested and then finding that they're not that whatever's there isn't pulling them back in the way that they they hoped that it would. Um, And I think for me, I've spent the last year rewatching the show um, less than a year. It was more recent than that. And I, I've read, I read the first book again a couple weeks ago, right before the season started. And I'm on the second book now. And uh, I was digging into theories and lore and crap like that, that I never really did before. I always liked the series a a lot, um, but I never dug into that stuff really. And I decided to do that because I was excited about the new season. And I reinvested myself in the characters. So the, it almost does make a, a, a point, and maybe it is a slight against the show, that my investment in what was happening came from myself and came from the past and not from not from what was in front of me now. Um, which, I mean, at the end of the day, I enjoyed it. So, like, it worked out for me. But I can, I can definitely see that if you aren't at that place when you start watching season eight, that the show is just not going to do it for you. Uh, like it, like it should, it should, it should reinvest you, but if it's not going to reinvest you, then like, why are you going to care about any of this? Um, so yeah, that I, that I totally get. Um, yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm curious, like the, the, the brand stuff. Mm -hmm. They, they just picked up, they just decided it was brand brand has the best story, right? Uh, Bran has like the the most history of this stuff, and it's it, that's very odd for me to to like even conceive of. <laughs> right. like, like I don't know that anybody at that meeting really deserved to be the king of Westeros or queen of Westeros, uh, but the fact that they pick you know what we've been calling broke Dick Bran in our yeah. in our Discord is is extremely funny to me because like. What qualities does he have as a? Le- we've never, we've literally never seen him right. lead anybody. We've well, never seen yeah, him do only, anything like that. The only thing that we get of Bran is his his time uh, training. Uh, training is probably a weird word, but it, it, as the acting Lord of Winterfell in the first book, they spend a lot of time of Bran's chapters of him having these weird dreams at night where he's walking into. Um, summer and he's seeing his father die. He's seeing all these, these, he's getting these weird visions because the three eyed Raven stuff has already begun. Um, there's that half of it. And then the other half is Maester Lewin. I believe it's Maester Lewin teaching Bran how to run Winterfell because he's the eldest son. Uh, Sansa is gone. Rob is off at war and it's just Bran like, and, and baby Rickon. Um, and a lot of that time, I mean, but this is when Bran is nine years old or how I was about to say, like that was like season one. 
and right. even if you look at if you want to look at the the book or the TV version where they're all three years older, I think so that maybe maybe he's eleven or twelve tops at the beginning. And even if you want to say that it's been eight years for eight, you know one year for each season, then he's then he's twenty. Um, but yeah, that that stuff was was a real long time ago. It is there, but they've also depicted Bran now as this sort of. Um, like soulless wizard who just knows things or whatever, you know. But uh, we we have yet to see that in the book. We don't know what it's going to be like. The Three Eyed Raven when he meets him isn't really like that. So I don't know why he kind of goes all um weird on us there. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, the, the Three Eyed can... Raven is a fucking tree, man. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what, like what are we what are we doing with a brand like just rolling right. around Westeros, right? Like, not. I... <laughs> I mean, not to say that in a derogatory way. Like, I was I was just saying anyway. Right. Matter. Right. Right. But yeah, I can um. But yeah, I I can see this really playing out in the books. And I wanted there to be something more for Bran because I didn't like the idea of him just being like, okay, yeah, I'm bait for the Night King. Kill him while I sit here. Uh, I I wasn't a fan of that. So I wanted there to be something more. And as we were watching it, Jess and I, you know, we were both enjoying the episode. But Jess was like, what the fuck? <laughs> when when we found out about Bran, she was like, this is this doesn't make any sense. Like, why why is he king? And I was... I was kind of on the same page, but at the same time, I was like, well, he does know everything, I guess that's... But but Tyrion's speech about him having the best story and all that, it's like, that that wasn't necessarily a great, uh, a great line. I mean, Arya's got a great story. She killed the Night King after training with the Faceless Men and all this other stuff. Sansa's overcome so much. I mean, even fucking Jon Snow died <laughs> and was brought back to life. That's a big deal. Um, but they go, they go with this, this thing about Bran and, um... Yeah, that's that's the weirdest big decision for me. Everything yeah, else, same. it's like okay, like the scene. I, and I saw people making fun of this on Twitter because that's all Twitter is now is is making sure that you get the snark. I mean, it's, Twitter's always been like that. It's always about snark, um, and it, it just it starts to to drain the life out of me after a while. But uh, the scene where Tyrion is fixing the chairs, I really liked the scene where Tyrion was fixing the chairs in the small council room because the first time that that Tyrion goes into the small council room back in season one or two, whatever it is, is him uh, dragging obnoxiously a, a chair across the room to to sit at the table, and it just the the contrast between where he was then and where he is now reflected in just him fixing the chairs and i get why that's just really stupid to people but for me it worked and i was i i enjoyed that moment and um uh yeah i i i do understand people's frustration but i think at the end of the day i'm just happy that we that we got this show and that my my faves survived (laughs) yeah and i think you know like if you i I said last time that i've i have long since stepped back from game of thrones is like an important property right like i just Mm -hmm. i can't <clears throat> I think the, the very early seasons and the books and the early books, like I'll, I'll throw like book four and five have, has the fifth book came out. The fifth book came out, right? The fifth book came out. Yeah. 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 So book four and five, I think are, are absolute dog shit. Like I, I, I think they're ponderous and, and boring at times and I haven't read them since they were released. So like if you know, at me on Twitter, I'm at local bones. If you want to talk about that. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like the early books, the early season really holds up to like this, this this critical view of you know what does what does this story mean for life in modern times or what does this story mean for these characters and like this and you know i think it supports a level of death that is interesting to talk about i feel like at a certain point it changed and it became television which is 
totally fine with me. It became spectacle. Like I didn't watch, I didn't watch the Hobbit movies because I was like really curious about their commentary on society. Like I wanted to see the dragon right. talk. And then when I watched the second one and I was like, I'm good with the dragon talking. I don't need to see any more of this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, so for me, like this spectacle was good. And then this last episode, like we got spectacle at the front and then it was a lot of kind of just like let's 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 slot people into their place and let's have mm-hmm. some some kind of quasi emotional moments and let's have some some funny jokes that the viewers will get like one of the things that i disliked the most about this was the was the history book um Tyrion assembles his small council which is all of your friends right it's it's Tyrion it's Davos it's Sam it's Brienne um, and it's Bronn who shows up out the fuck out of nowhere as the ruler of Highgarden now, which is fine. I don't care about that at all. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. Uh, but Sam produces this, a song of ice and fire book, <laughs> which, um, I happen to follow a couple of like medieval nerds on, on Twitter. And they're like the shot of when he opens the book and it says a song of ice and fire. Like they're all like, guys, this is such a, like a Western modern view of what these books are. Like they bought, they did not bother with like looking up any of this stuff, which also is fine. I don't care, but it's, yeah, cause it's, um, it's fantasy. It's, it's fantasy. So like, who cares? Yeah. Not medieval, <laughs> but, um, number one, a song of ice and fire. Really? <laughs> like, we're going to do that thing. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. And then also like the, the big joke of that scene is that like Tyrion says, Oh, well, well you know, they, they must talk about me very harshly. And, and Sam is like, uh, like, you're, like, like pulling his shirt collar and like, Oh, well, I don't really know how to tell you this, but you're not in it at all. And I'm like, homie, he was like the son of one of the great houses that yeah. ruled the Kings. He's been the hand of like, he's the hand of the King. He's been the hand of the queen that demolished the red keep. Like he, killed tywin lannister <laughs> like what he was yeah. on trial <laughs> like all of this crazy like he was thought to kill the king at once t- like it's there's a crazy amount of important shit that you like and it's a joke right like it's supposed to be a joke at Tyrion's expense because you're like oh of course he's not in it because he feels like he's so important so this is taking the wind out of his sails or, or whatever and i'm like but it just doesn't make any goddamn sense but it mm-hmm. so some of those kind of jokes felt r- really really flat to me um i will say Queen Sansa is one of the most baller things. And I like, I'm really happy. She is the queen of the North. Like that shit is fucking yeah. cool. Like not to be totally yeah. negative about this. So it, uh, yeah, I was, I was excited about that. Yeah. Um, I get it. I don't even know where I was going to go from there, but overall I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with where it landed. And that's that. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully one day reading the books. Cause I still like the books. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dad, who is, uh, not, an extreme fan of the way the book and the way the show ended. Um, he, he said, I'll, I'm going to go back and read the book so that I can get the, and this is a quote from him, the real story. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> all right. The books are significantly different. Like they're, they're wandering all over the place. Like there's multiple Targaryens in play. There's, you know, d- d- Tyrion is like wandering around. I don't think, uh, Danny has come back from being kidnapped by Drogon when she's in like Pentos or some shit. Like all of that stuff is still in play. Like who knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm, um, but yeah, man, like I I feel like it was I feel like it was good and I feel like it was the the I feel like I'm being negative when I'm talking about it now, but like I have issues with it. But man, like I it's it's it was like an ending. Like right, they managed to do an ending. Uh mm-hmm. I I just I just really wish that it wasn't so obvious that the 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 writers and possibly the producers of the show weren't so totally fucking done with it by season 8. Like I feel like yeah given more time and energy to it, it could, it could have been better. Uh, I just, 
I just don't know, man. Like, I, <laughs> who were some? Like, there were three people at that meeting at the, of at, at after King's Landing that I was like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> who yeah. was sitting between Eddard and Sam? Like, I saw some people say, oh, that's um, oh fuck, that's that's Howlin' Reed, right? Like, that's 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 that dude from the North, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a weird time to introduce a pretty important character, y'all. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't. I feel like I'm rambling again, so I don't. I don't know how how long you want to you want to keep talking about this. I I have I have nothing more to say. Okay, cool. <laughs> Did I get too negative for you, man? I'm sorry. I wasn't. I'm not trying. No, no, to, no, no, no. I'm just like, I. The wind is just out of my sails now because I'm like, oh, I, now we have to talk about supernatural. At least, hey, at least it's a good episode of Supernatural, though. It's a yeah. As far as Supernatural can ever be good, that's true. That's how wow. I feel all of season nine wow. now. Like every time I watch Supernatural, I'm like, oh, this fucking blows. Uh, the only saving grace of Supernatural is that I do a podcast about it. That's the and I like I like Monster of the Week, and I don't like Supernatural. But that's where I'm at. No, I feel like this is a this this is a good one though. I feel like this is this, this is a, a very good ride. episode. Yeah. This is a, this is a good one, and I think I'm gonna feel differently when we are moved on to new plot lines and in especially when we move on to un, uncharted territory because right now i was just thinking about this the other day with, with game of thrones i was always wondering what was going to happen and there was the anticipation of what's next what's next where i don't know if i could ever feel that way about supernatural again um because i know at the end of the day sam and dean are back castiel is back nobody's ever going to die nothing that matters will ever be permanent nothing that happens will ever matter um they will always undo it but maybe I'll I'll feel better once I'm seeing things that I've never seen before. And that was always the exciting thing about Game of Thrones, right? It's like you just never knew episode to episode. Literally, it felt like it felt like nobody had plot armor, right? Like it mm-hmm. felt like that if they could kill Eddard, Ned Stark in the season one, then they could literally kill anybody on the show. And like anything, it fucking anything. Can, they chopped Jamie's hand off. Like they could kill anybody. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, by the time like it kind of it kind of got to a little bit of that supernatural point of where you're like oh well they're definitely not gonna fucking kill macy williams like she's too like she's too right, well right liked, right like she's and, and you know hey they didn't they, they sent her off to fucking west of westeros which please give me that tv show hbo or mm-hmm. cw mm-hmm. even <laughs> please give me this show i want to see it yeah oh man anyway you ready? Yeah. How, are, are you okay? Are you feeling good? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like I felt like that I got, was supposed to be exciting. No, I didn't get. I, I didn't get depressed. I just got so tired. I was like, "Oh my god, Game of Thrones and all of this." And oh, it just made me sleepy. Yeah. Not bored. I'm not saying I was bored. I'm saying it was just like, "Oh my god." When did I'm you? Just, uh, when did you watch the Supernatural episode? I feel like I haven't seen it in like a week and a half. So Wednesday, I think. Okay. Well, you're not bad. Yeah, I'll survive. Uh, I have no... Th- no, I did I did like this one. I was just being a negative Nancy. I did like this episode. Wow. I was going to try to bust you on using negative Nancy, but I can't think of a man's name that starts with an N. Why not be a negative Norman, Chris? Negative, negative Ned. Negative Ned. <laughs> from, from House Stark. The first yeah. of his name. <laughs> negative Ned of House Stark, yeah. Uh, what did you say? Uh, broken dick, baby boy. Yeah, brand <laughs> no dick heaven, baby boy. <laughs> Stark, first of his name. It's like, oh, Bra- oh, Brandon would just be fine. <laughs> you could just, you could call me B, homie. Like, I don't care. Verily, call me B. <laughs> Brandon, broken ass, no dick heaven, son of a bitch, stupid asshole. <laughs> Little uh, feet. 
Honestly, uh, the last thing I'll say about Game of Thrones, my, I think my favorite part of the episode was when um, what's his name shows up, or once his name stands up and is like, "I could be king," and Sansa's like, "You need to shit oh, the fuck totally, down. Yeah. What are you yeah. even doing? I didn't invite you here. How are you still alive? Why aren't you yeah. taking care of the twins or whatever we assigned you to do?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't you be in Heron Hall? Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Right. <laughs> Did Jamie Lannister kill you? No. <laughs> Somebody definitely killed you, right? Like, you you've been resurrected or something? I don't I don't know. What are you doing here? Yeah. Were you in yeah. the dungeon? Is that how you got out? <laughs> did the Drogon free you? Yeah. yeah, did they have you locked up with Tyrion and John? Uh, yeah, we 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 it's like Sansa, you. I came with you. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I thought your bones were in the crypt, man. I mourned you. I've no, I haven't seen you in years. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I mourned you, Sansa. <laughs> we shared a carriage. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't recognize you. I don't recognize broke dick assholes anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh. Okay, okay. <clears throat> now I'm more alert. Oh, dude. Okay, hold on one second. I gotta I gotta respond to a text. Okay. They made a um So uh B- Autumn's horse Beasley it has has very fancy mm-hmm. parents. Autumn like specifically went out and like found um like a special daddy and a special mom and all this stuff and apparently they did a uh a briar horse model for her grandfather because <laughs> he's super uh, famous okay <laughs> so she's like she, she sent me a link and she, i was just like buy it immediately just do it and she's like are you serious <laughs> and i'm like yes buy the motherfucker what are you doing and she's in the next room so i'm assuming she can hear me now that she's still responding to my text so i'm not sure what's happening anyway let's Very talk good. about supernatural okay let's do it 